Good day. And welcome to the Talk It Out podcast. My name is Neil Bailey Harper. And tonight it's Sunday morning. Well, soon it will be Sunday morning. So it's Sunday morning. And I'm here with something I can feel. You know, in today's world, you can download any music you want. But I still like to put my hands on records. The music I'm listening to tonight, ooh. This is Billy Beck on keys, diamond on drums, and the great front man, Sugarfoot, the Ohio Players. The song is Fire from 1976. And here's a heads up. All the music I'm playing tonight comes from 1976. And I'm almost going to play it, not as loud, but like I was in the car with my boys, Art and Herm, in Herm's car with the 8-track. Because that's what this is about. Things we can feel. Listen, I'm not hating on anything progressive, okay? And, and, but first thing before I go, if you want, please subscribe to the podcast. Um, We're on 11 or 12 different platforms. You You can subscribe. You can monthly donate to the podcast. All of those things will be greatly appreciated. I'm smiling right now. I'll even kiss you on the jaw. But, Getting back to what I'm saying, um, the 1970s, firstly, was a great decade for popular music. I mean, all kinds of popular music. And I, 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 I did a little research on, on who's listening, and I'm, I'm really blessed that you guys listen, firstly. And secondly, I've got uh, guys uh, from 18, people from 18, 25, all those demographics they got. But the, the largest base of listeners, and I am thankful, are people my age. 206. And because of that, no, I'm 62. But because of that, we've done a lot and we've lived through a very progressive time in American society. There was a time when anybody my age, and here's the thing, here's the reason why I brought that up though. You guys that are 18 and 22 listening, 25 listening, 30 listening, find somebody 62 to talk about this with. This is one of those bonding, teachable moment things. Not teachable, just exchanging times. Because sooner or later, you're going to go ask somebody my age about something that you want to know. So start the dialogue now. Um, the 70s was great, okay? The music was great. But back in the 60s and 70s, Here's the thing, we had four or five different versions sometimes. You could, you could purchase four or five different, um, di- different types of the same song. Okay, what am I saying? Uh, let's say by the 70s, you could buy this Ohio Players album, Fire. You could also buy the Ohio Players 8-track of the album, Fire. You could buy the compact disc of the album Fire. Three different outlets, three different ways to play it. Now, you might think that's a little overdoing it because now you don't have to buy anything. Uh, You don't have to, you don't change the money. They don't put anything in your hand. You just go push buttons. Okay, it's cool, but you know, it's not. Um, When you grew up like I grew up, when you grew up looking at the album covers, picking up the front and the back, what they told you about the artist, well, the front was the, was the different thing. The back, everybody had what we call credits. That's how I know that's Billy Beck. 
That's how I know that's Diamond. That's how I know it's Sugarfoot. Their names and their pictures were largely on every album cover that you had. And this was all kinds of music. Sometimes different groups like the Ohio Players had a certain theme for their album covers and their album titles. Uh, basically, the Ohio Players, every album that I know that they had, had one syllable. The, the title was a one syllable. Fire. Uh, well, not looking at me, skin tight. Um, but basically, a lot of their albums, I know what they did have. They had this girl. They had this girl who was connected to some kind of fire hose or connected to honey or connected to something. But they were, it was good art. It was really nice art. And a lot of these album covers had that. But not only that, they had great music. Now, here's what I want to say. Um, I still have a record player. And I'm hopeful, not the kind of record player I want. Don't get me wrong. I want a better record player. Uh, I want one like I used to have. See, here's the thing about, and those of us who lived through the 70s and 60s and 80s know this. You had a stereo sound system. Okay? Maybe in the 60s they had a record player. Or the 50s they had a record player. 60s they started to have stereo sound systems. And what that meant was simply... You could have, you needed two or three different components to put together a stereo sound system. Uh, of course, you had to have a turntable, okay? But the turntable isn't going to work by itself. You had to have a receiver. Now, I'm going to bring this to the, to the modern day. That's your server, okay? The server part of your computer, that's the receiver part of a stereo system. So you had, to have a, you had to have that. You also had to have uh, speakers. Now, very rarely could you find all of these components through one name brand. As a matter of fact, it was looked at as not the right way to buy it if you bought all, say, all Panasonic parts or, or all uh, JVC speaker turns it no 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 we mixed it up this is also from 1976 the debut album from the brothers johnson the song is i'll be good to the album is look out for number one produced by quincy jones again we slid these things in the eight track and we drove around the city of philadelphia man and i don't remember us having any accidents I remember us having a whole lot of fun. The Brothers Johnson, I'll Be Good To You from 1976. The album is Look Out For Number One. Now, back to what I'm saying. A stereo system had to have component parts. Turntable, uh, speakers, receiver, and eight track or cassette deck, which could be part of the receiver or separate from the receiver. Normally, in, every, in my area, and I'm wondering if you guys had this thing too. There was always some, there were record stores firstly too. There were, there were the best record stores were the local record stores. The ones in your neighborhood. See, back then the neighborhoods had damn near everything. We had medical centers, we had libraries, we had record stores. The two national ones were Tower Records and Sam Goody's. Now I'll get back to that. I went to Sam Goody's. That's when you really could go and splurge. You went to Sam Goody's. But the neighborhood record stores had what you needed, had what you wanted. And we all bought records. 
I'll be willing to say this. It was more important as a, as a teenager in the 70s to have a record player than it was to have a TV. I mean, I had a record player in my room. Not a stereo system, just a record player. Stereo system was downstairs. But the TV was always in the main room. There was usually one main TV in, in, in row houses in North Philadelphia. There was one main TV and, and maybe TV in mom's room or dad's room or whatever. But record players and radios were all through the house. So it was almost a bigger thing to have a record player than it was to have a television. And because your friends didn't come over to your house to watch TV, they came over and played records. There were, and there's different types of records now for those of you young people listening and learning. There's a single. And a lot of these groups had albums, but before the album would come out, they would release a single. One song, well, two songs, an A and a B side for release. If the single sold really good, the album was going to do really good. That's how it worked most of the time. But a lot of times you found out that the B side of that single was better than the A side. That's just the way music was delivered then. And it was all mostly really good music. I've got Brothers Johnson's albums. I've got Herbie Hancock albums. I've got Elton John albums. Okay, I liked it all. I loved it all. And the other thing is, like I said, if you are a man or a woman of a certain age, we don't give up these things lightly. It's not like you want to give your, you throw your albums away just because you could get them on CD. No, no, no. Young people don't seem to value albums like we do most of them. My, my son got his, got, he's a musician too, and he got his record. He has a, a vinyl album in his room of his own stuff, which I think is really cool. Because it was just the time. And, and it's something about the sound of the, the needle on the vinyl. Even that little, that little noise you get before the record starts. It never bothered me. It never bothered me. Sometimes you know you'd have to clean your needle. You pick it up, get the dust off of it with your finger. Sometimes you might need a new needle. And there was always somebody, maybe they worked at the record store, maybe they just lived in the neighborhood, but there was somebody who, when you could afford to, they would hook your system up. Because they had a hooked up sound system. And what I mean by that, guys, is that you could go to a house party, and because of the receiver, if they had a Kenwood or a Fisher, or, okay, he, yeah, first, let me give you some names of the systems. And I'm sure for those people in, of, of my ilk, this will bring back thoughts to you. It might be right in your closet. But there were some of the systems, the stereo systems, were, com were composed of parts made by these companies. Uh, Fisher, Panasonic, Yamaha, Toshiba, JVC, Pioneer, just slightly ahead of our time. That was the voice of the guy that played Batman, Burgess Meredith. See, I'm a, I'm a real nerd. He did the Pioneer commercials. Pioneer, just slightly ahead of our time. And Pioneers, if you had a Pioneer system, you were pretty good. Um, Kenwood, Akia. I never could say that right. Akai. Um, uh, Sony. Sony. And Bose. That, now, normally, again, you had a system comprised of maybe a Fisher or Panasonic turntables were really good. Um, Fisher was a really good receiver. Fisher and Pioneer. If you had Fisher and Pioneer receivers, and, and what you could do with these, 
Yeah, they had separate uh, treble and bass controls. So if you're throwing a house party, you could really pump that thing up. So there was a guy in the neighborhood or a guy that somebody knew the guy who could come by and for a certain amount, hook up your speakers to your receiver and hook up the turntable to the receiver and, and give you a, you know, here's the other thing too. A lot of us would come, you go in somebody's house back then and they say, man, I got a 25 watt receiver. I didn't know what that meant. And I doubt if they knew what it meant either. It just meant that it was louder. You know, systems could be sold by 12 watts or 25 watts or 50 watts. None of us really knew. We just knew the the more you could turn it up, that must be the bigger watt, the bigger wattage. The other thing was, I looked the other day into a Sears catalog. Just look back in the day at some of those old Sears catalogs to see. Um, Sears sold everything. And they said Sears made it, but we know they didn't. Sears would buy systems from different companies. And I guess for a premium, they were able to put their name on it. So you would buy a stereo system and it would say Sears or Montgomery Ward, but it might have been a, a, a Panasonic or Yamaha. Who knows? It was just the way things worked. But you could get really good music. Now, I will say this. When it got to the, um, when the, home when it got to the VCRs and the VHSs, that's a whole other thing. And by the way, I'm going to be doing this, an extended version of this podcast on YouTube. I'm going to film it tomorrow, so it'll probably be shown Sunday or Monday on YouTube. And I'm going to talk about DVDs. I'm going to talk about CDs. I'm going to talk about all of those. This is Heat Wave from Too Hot to Handle, 1976. I shout out with this song to two different people. Number one, to uh, Senator Kamala Harris. Super Soul System. Okay, that's all I'm going to say about that right now. The other is to my boy, Tubby. Hey, listen. Again, I go back to high school. Herm. Herman Ralph Sims Jr., Arthur James Gaffney Jr., and me. would drive around in this big green car that if you bumped into it, you would really hurt yourself. That Herm had. And Herm had an eight-track player in his car. This was 1976 also. Hence, I'm talking about the music, man. It It was something. You could, you could turn it up and, and get on the, the School Kill Expressway. Man, it was all good. It was all good. Right around East River, West River Drive, it was all good. And about 10 years ago, I hooked up with Chubby again. And as grown men, we put the top down. Chubby's an ex-military guy, and he's been my friend since childhood. And we drove around the expressway singing this song. So, and the music was so loud, we couldn't hear each other sing. And since Tubby was driving, I just put my head down and enjoyed the ride. That was a good time. And this was, this was today. It wasn't with the A-track, but it was just as good. So, getting back to what I'm saying. All these songs, again, I'm saying, think about them with that A-track in your car. And, and, and 8-tracks were the thing in cars. There weren't any cassette decks in cars for a while. Until about maybe, I think they stopped, uh, the, 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 the record studio stopped putting out 8-tracks in maybe 1979, 1980. Um, automobile dealers stopped putting spaces or 8-track decks in cars maybe around 81, 82. So then it all flipped to cassettes. 
So, you know, you had eight tracks, cassettes, cassettes won that deal. Um, Betamax tapes were there before VHS tapes were. But VHS tapes won that deal. Now, today, you don't get anything in your hands. I was even disappointed when we got to the compact disc because think about some of the artwork you saw on Marvin Gaye's I Want You album. Um, the Parliament Funkadelics albums. You open up, that's a cartoon. They always opened up. Um, Ohio Players albums. A lot of different albums had great artwork or great just conceptual stuff that added to their songs. You can't really see that on a compact disc. You can't. For those of us who know, eight tracks were a little bit taller, a little bit thinner than a compact disc. The case that the music would come in. But still, even that's better than nothing. Seeing everything through a screen. Uh, I had a friend in high school that we would sit down and just, you know, I might have been in our house a hundred times, but I don't think we watched TV one time. But we would listen to the music. Sit down and just just test each other and, and see what we liked and, and listen to all kinds of music every single time. Not with a stereo or in the record player. But then I got older, you know, you get in college, that's when stereos hit for everybody. You know, back in the 70s, late 70s, if you had a stereo, whatever you had in your house, a stereo system was as important as a television. I'm telling you. Because we got our music by hand. We went to pick it up. We went to, we, 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 some of us were so meticulous in the way we kept our albums. You know, some people, you go over to some people's house, they might not let you touch their album. They'd ask you what, they had every album possible. Or you could look through their collection, but when it came time to playing them, oh, no, 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 no. Because once a record got scratched, then, then what? And the thing was, you knew um, how meticulous the owner was of the music because... If they took the record out of the album and it was still in the sleeve, you know, some of them come, a lot of them came, all of them, I guess, came with sleeves. But if the record was still in the sleeve and there was a little brush there or a little pad, little cloth there to kind of go once over before you put it on, you didn't want to touch that person's music for, for just a chance of that album scratching. That's the only thing about drawbacks with that. Once it's scratched, it's no good to you. Hey, 1976, the average white band, Soul Searching, one of the best albums ever made to me, with a theme song of mine, Queen of My Soul, uh, Alan Gore, Hamish Stewart. You know what? These guys came out of, I believe, Denmark or, or, or Amsterdam, someplace like that. But they came in, man, sounded like James Brown's band. And everybody was like, what the hell is it? And then you see them. Again, the, out, the artwork, the album covers give you an idea of the mindset of the artist. This is Queen of My Soul from 1976, Soul Searching album. Um, I still have this. I still have this album. Now, I have a record player 
I'm building back up to getting a stereo system again. I even have a jukebox because it's something I can feel. It's something I can see. It lights up and it lights in and lights out. But a lot of us who remember records, I'm, I wonder, do you still have them? Did you try to sell them? There are still, still a couple of record stores open here and there. There's one, I believe, in the Falls Church area over here in Northern Virginia. Um, but you got to really look for them. And, you know, the, the funny thing about music, too, you see DJs now. And some of them, while they have their electronic uh, MPGs or whatever all that stuff is, too, they still got records. DJ has to have records. DJ is probably the last bastion of a, of a person playing records every day. And they're, I wonder how their catalogs are. You know, do you have to, as a DJ, and I'm asking this because I'm really not sure. As a disc jockey, do you have to specialize in certain types of things? Um, you know, an oldies disc jockey as composed to a new wave disc jockey, as composed to a rave disc jockey. I'm not sure. As composed to a bar bits for disc jockey. I don't know. I'm just saying. They still play records. And I still love to play records. Um, you know, it's, it's just like... Okay, Sam Goody... Funny thing, Sam Goody and Tower Records were the biggest record stores ever. They were, they were national. Um, Sam Goody started in the 50s. Tower Records started in the 60s. But they both uh, went out of existence in 2006. It's like you just kind of knew the time was the time. So they both went out of existence in 2006. And I'm not sure if Panasonic or Fisher or Pioneer, I'm not sure which one of these companies, I'm sure they've morphed into other companies. But I'm not sure which one of these companies actually still make receivers. Um, you can probably go on eBay and buy somebody's sound system. I did some looking at that. Um, but then you don't really, you know, you always buy pieces of sound systems anyhow. The turntable, I think, would be the hardest thing to get today. A really good turntable. Um, one that goes in 33 and 45 and 78. Hey, here's another question. Did anybody ever use the 78 speed on your turntable for anything other than laughs? You know, a way to make any group sound like Alvin and the Chipmunks, you go from 45 to 78. But we never really used the 78. But the cool thing about a stereo system was that it conformed to your taste. It conformed to your ear as the owner of that system. Whether you wanted the bass high, whether you wanted the bass low, whether you wanted the treble high, you had so many different ways you can adjust the sound. And that's what the guy who came to your house to connect your system did for you. You tell him how you liked it, and he would make sure you had the right components had the system that you want and if you had a stereo system you had a house party anytime you wanted didn't have to you could stop in between records didn't matter change the record very rarely you know what sometimes we didn't take the album off you put an album on you might let the whole side play the other thing about albums which I find really cool 
Like today's is unlike today's music. Everything doesn't go three minutes and thirty seconds. Isaac Hayes had maybe five songs on a on an album, each one lasting ten minutes long. This song, six minutes fifty eight seconds. It went until it was over. It played until it was over. The difference between uh, record players and stereo systems are like the difference between AM and FM radio. Mono, monogram, uh, monophone and stereo, stereophonic sound. With your sound system, you can do what you wanted. You can enjoy it the way you want it. And you got something you can feel. I like putting my hands on records. I like looking at records. Still today, I like playing records. And I like talking about them. I like talking to you. Talk to me. This is the Talk It Out podcast on a Sunday morning. Have a great day, everybody. Be blessed.